Sorry, I forgot to undo the mute. So usually by now, Mary Therese is running in telling me, you didn't take it off mute. So it's off mute now. Anyway, welcome. You are watching Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, and today is St. Patrick's Day. I fixed it already. There you go. She's uh, She just come walking in anyway to tell me. So anyway, today is a, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and it is a feast day in the Diocese of Erie, Pennsylvania, where I am a priest at. And because he's our patronal saint. And so that's why this morning, if you watch me on uh, the Mass or you follow me on uh, Twitter or any of those things, the, the what I preached on and what I put out in my Twitter was two different things. I didn't realize you used the readings for the day. I mean, the readings for the uh, feast day on here. So I used the regular readings at 4 o'clock when I put those things out this morning. And then... Um, you know, it was two different things, but it's, uh, so happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm an Irish German, so that's why I have my green on. My grandfather was an O. Slattery, or Slattery, uh, and he married a German, so boy, what a combination that is. And so we start our triduum tonight at the parish, so every night it'll be a broadcast at 7 p.m., so it's three nights of prayer. The first two nights will be done by my uh, assistant, Father Ian McElrath, and then I'll do the last night for St. Joseph. So um, uh, tonight with the novena, it's with evening prayer. Tomorrow with the novena, it's with the Stations of the Cross. And so that'll be interesting in how they do the uh, live stream with the Stations. We'll have to see how that works out. And uh, it's not going to be able to, I don't have no idea how it's going to happen. So they're going to have to work that out. And then on uh, Saturday, the Feast of St. Joseph, I have the evening prayer and the novena. And so those of you in Erie area, you're welcome to come every night for the next three days. We call it a St. Joseph Triduum because the novena nobody would come to anymore. The nine days we used to be standing room only at St. Joseph Church before television and before everything else. Now uh, it's hard to get the people to come for the three nights. It's even harder sometimes to get them on a Saturday night to uh, for the feast no. Uh, uh, St. Joseph Falls on a Saturday night. So we'll see how the, the stuff is this year. Anyway, encourage you. Any kind of questions you have, just write them on the chat over on the right, and I will get to them as I can. And then there's uh, some emails here today. Um, last week, I had a wonderful time up in Indiana, and in Vincennes, Indiana, a wonderful priest there, and we broadcast some there. It was just uh, such a great great uh, time there so it was an honor to be there so hi to all those guys and girls that are watching me from there uh, tell your priest father garrett and father tony i said hi okay let's pray in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen father we thank you for hearing us we know that you always hear us on this day of the feast of saint patrick we ask you Put into our hearts a great desire to be your saints, a great desire to live your holy will, a great desire to bring light into the darkness that's in the world all around us, not to be people that just curse the darkness and talk about how gloomy it is, but to transform the darkness because Jesus is the light and then he gave us that light because he lives inside of us when he said, you are the light of the world. May we truly be light everywhere we go. 
May we bring your holy presence. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Patrick, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, let's get right into everything here. So, the first question was retracted, so I don't know what that was. Second question from camera. Hi, from Omaha, Nebraska, Father. Cameron, sorry. <laughs> My wife and kids and I love your string masses. Thank you for your service ministry. Well, thank you. Uh, was marriage a covenant in the Old Testament before Jesus fulfilled everything and gave us sacraments? The, the uh, teaching is the one sacrament that was never lost or wasn't from the beginning was marriage. And again, throughout the years, marriage has taken many different forms. Again, in the Old Testament, many of the uh, patriarchs were married to many women. Abraham had many women. You know, Moses married many women. Uh, there was many women that they all had many wives, or they might have had one wife and many concubines. Uh, Solomon, I mean, it was unbelievable. It it became more and more one-on-one, -on -one, and then, of course, Jesus confirmed that, and he made it a covenant between one man and one woman. Um, but again, when you read the scriptures, there's so much more. That's why it's, we, we always have to watch when we take what we believe now and we project it onto the past, and we look at everything just from the way we see things. And uh, we do that a lot with a lot of different things, you know, we, we are taking, like those of you who are watching here in America, we take our American culture, our American experience, and we project that onto a Middle Eastern culture, you know, 2,000 years ago, or all that stuff. We make everything different. One of the, one of the uh, questions that came in here on the thing is it said... Uh, I heard in Catholic Answers that the miniseries The Chosen is not based on facts. Is this correct? Well, it is based on facts. It's based on the, the life of Jesus Christ, you know. And so it uses scripture and it uses other traditions. But you can say that about everything, you know. Um, and I love Catholic Answers. You've heard me said many times uh, to go there. They're all good friends of mine. Um, well, I wouldn't say they're all, but I guess... Most of them are good friends of mine, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, uh, anyway, so the, uh, they're all good friends, uh, we don't agree on everything, I'm sure they don't agree with me on everything, that's for darn sure, but like when you see the movie The Passion of the Christ, The Passion of the Christ was not based on facts, if you're going to look at it that way, it was based on scripture, the account of what happened, but uh, Mel Gibson used... Uh, uh, the seers, you know, uh, what do you call them, uh, St. Bridget and other saints who had visions, and that's how he came up with a lot of his stuff in the Passion, I understand anyway. And so when it comes to the, the chosen, it's based on the fact that Jesus Christ and it's based on uh, the things of Scripture, but there's very, very little uh, that you can, you know, you can bring all the things together, but you have to still fill in the blanks. So the way they've done it again and chosen, I understand, is they go back to uh, what was the practices then. And again, like again, like I was just at this mission and I, as I was at the mission, I went and told everybody that uh, 
I went and told everybody because there's a beautiful church in Vincennes, uh, Vincennes, uh, Vincennes, Indiana, St. Francis Xavier, which is a basilica, a minor basilica, and it's also the old uh, uh, cathedral for, it used to be the Vincennes Diocese. And on the front of that, I had mass there, and there's a, a beautiful uh, picture of the, uh, the Last Supper. And it's like based on Da Vinci's thing where they're all on one side of the table and they're all, you know, sitting on chairs and they're all at a table. And I says, now you do realize, though we see that everywhere and we see it in our churches and in my back, my back high altar in my church or something very similar. And Jesus is going around and giving everybody communion on a tongue and his little round hosts. That had nothing to do with reality. Absolutely nothing. It's based on the account that Jesus Christ had the Last Supper. But they sure as heck did not have little hosts. They sure as heck did not have crosses on him. Jesus did not go around the table. They all didn't kneel down. Jesus did not say, stick out your tongue and say, here, the body of me, the body of me, the body of me. That never happened. And yet, most of our, when we think about uh, the Last Supper, that's the image we have. But the way they did it was a Passover and the table was about a foot off the ground. They didn't have an altar there. You know, they reclined at table, it says. Uh, scriptural say and the way they did things uh, did that. So if you, if you look at the way they portray in the chosen, the, uh, one of the Passover meals, it's pretty similar to what they would have done back then. So we can argue back and forth. And again, all these things to me... Uh, when we start arguing about this stuff drives me crazy. But again, well, we have to all know our own biases and uh, because we all come to things in different ways. That's why, again, when people uh, go against Pope Francis here, they go against him because he sees the world and he sees the church differently than we do. He comes from South America. His whole vision of church is different than ours. And the way that the, the world's going, you know, uh, Christianity is going down in America. Catholicism is going down in Europe, but it's flourishing in South America and poor countries. The future of the church is going to look very different than it does today. So we've got to watch how we project in the back. Jesus is still with us. He's always with us. He always will be with us. And we've got to uh, acknowledge how he's living, and he's going to constantly lead us uh, in different ways. Like I often say the church I was ordained for is not the church I am ministering in right now. It was two entirely different thing back there. I was considered an ultra conservative. I still consider myself an ultra conservative, but people all over the world now look at me and like, uh, oh no, he's a liberal because he supports the Pope. Really? Whatever it is. You know, so we all take our own perspectives and we push it on what we think it should be, but it's always more uh, but Catholic Answers is correct, of course, uh, but we have to go beyond that and uh, unpack that, what that means. Okay, let's go on. Hello, Father. What do you think of the prophecy of Fatima with Russia's invasion in Ukraine, praying for you in the whole world? I, I think that, uh, you know, I was there in Rome when Pope John Paul II, I was there, I watched it at the Vatican when he consecrated the world in Russia to the Blessed Mother. I was there. And so that's what she asked for. And other people come and says, oh, it didn't happen. Well, now it's Pope Francis going to do it. Uh, he's going to do it here uh, on Saturday, next Saturday, the, the feast of the uh, next, uh, 
uh, Friday, March 25th. My birthday's the 26th. I turned 62 years old. Can you imagine? I know I look 70. Shut up. Anyway, so uh, he's going to do it March 25th, which is the feast day annunciation. He'll consecrate Russia and Ukraine uh, to the Blessed Mother. And so even like that, they says, well, even a bad pope can do something good. <laughs> People, oh, if they only know where we can go and we're filled with pride and we judge everybody else. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be a good a good thing when people die and realize that uh, they were filled with arrogance and pride. Like I am filled with arrogance and pride. I'm not going to be as surprised as a lot of other people. God will say, you know, you're filled with arrogance and pride. I go, Oh, do I? But that's why I keep looking to Jesus to help me and to grow and get out of when I get like that. Anyway, um, I think that all the things, but again, remember that I've said a thousand times, all the, all the apparitions can be believed in, but do not, do not have to be believed in. The only thing you must believe in, of course, is the teaching of the church, um, and revelation it's been revealed through the church so the church allows us to believe in fatima and different things and i do believe in fatima i believe in lords i believe in uh guadalupe there's a lot of these places i've been and i just uh of all the places i love the best is uh lords uh fatima it's my least favorite of all the things because it instills fear and the problem with that is when things are only instill fear, then it keeps us focused on ourselves instead of focused on others. So today I had one of my spiritual directees in, and so when we're going through, he's in seminary, and I just talked to him. You can always tell what's of God. Things that keep you other and God focused is from God. Things that keep you focused on self is not from God. Again, we look at the crucifix. Again, we look at the Blessed Mother. Mary did everything, everything, everything for the uh, for God and for others, you know. And so we have to always interpret like apparitions and how they go and how they're interpreted through the person who does that. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, that it's not true. I again, I firmly believe in it. I don't have to, you know. I like uh, again. I when I was in Lords, I got to can celebrate mass with the bishop there of lords many years ago at midnight and uh, at during mass i mean i was in the grotto and my head's touching the back of the grotto it's one of the most uh, phenomenal experiences and at lord she's just talking about again always repentance no matter what but healing huh the healing and people talk about it's uh lords is the healing of the body and uh, fatima is the healing of the soul we need both but we need to do what we do we need to repent constantly we need to repent we need to fast but for god not for us that's always what it comes down to and so uh when i see on the internet and everything else people that induce people to fear in and i've done it in my own life are you kidding me throughout all these years um someone uh called me and says father i need a dose of your uh um tough love and i go oh dear is that who I am? Uh, and it sure has been who I am. And when dealing with high school boys, I used to instill the fear of uh, God or the fear of Father Larry in them. But it doesn't last. It, fear just does not last. It lasts for a while. The only thing that lasts is when we do what we do for the love of God. So when we repent of our sins for the love of God. 
not for fear of hell. One again, it's one's uh, uh, perfect contrition. I do things for the love of God. I repent for the love of God. And one's imperfect contrition. And even like the church, like after we just went through COVID, it says even mortal sins can be forgiven in the catechism, right? And it says, if someone can't go to confession and they repent out of perfect love for God, that means they're repenting because they love God, not because they're afraid of going to hell. Those sins can be forgiven, even mortal. Uh, when you when you can't, uh, like during the COVID and you couldn't get to confession and people were saying, the church is letting us die without the sacraments. And uh, God's bigger than the sacraments. And so the, but even before the COVID ever happened, that was already in there, in the teaching of the church. That, and again, we've always been taught if you're driving home and you get in a car accident and you're dying and as you're dying, you say, God, I'm sorry for all my sins. You're forgiven. Teaching of the church. You know, so again, uh, that doesn't mean you don't go to confession. It means you go to confession not because you have to, but because you want to. And, and again, like uh, we just, we have first confessions on this Saturday at my parish. And so I always say to the kids, I don't want them to uh, learn to be afraid in confession. I want them to learn to want to come to for confession um, out of repentance for love of God. I don't want them, I don't want to scare these little kids and the, you know, and if you die in mortal sin, you'll go to hell and da, da, da. I don't want them to be afraid of that. That's the way I grew up. Oh, my time in confession, I was yelled at so much as a kid. Um, it's amazing. And again, so that forms me and it forms about what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Again, I've often said, if it's just fear, if a God wants me to fear, I don't want to be with him for a day as opposed to even forever. Is that who God is? He just wants us to be afraid all the time. It was beautiful today the, uh, in our readings. It talks about the uh, true fear of God. The fear of God, which is an awe of God and love of God. We need to be taught that. But the fear that keeps us focused on self is not of God. So again, what's the fear of the Lord? It's uh, the awe of God's presence and me never wanting to hurt him. Um, instead of like, I don't want to go to hell, so I won't do that. You see the difference? One is selfishness. One is love. And so a lot of times we're in the middle of both of those things. So we have to always ask our hearts to be purified. So I hope that helps. I know I go off into tangents. I know that. I know. Okay. So let's go on. What is the apologetic response to call no one on earth father? You have but one father in heaven. That's one of the easiest ones to deal with. Because also we just heard that this week. But he also in the same paragraph it says uh, call no man your teacher. And nobody ever fights about that one. huh? They just fight with Catholics. And when Jesus said that he did not mean the, uh, a priest because they didn't call uh, their priests fathers then. Now there was a in your ancient tradition in the church, they'd call them, even uh, Pro, uh, not Protestants, uh, uh, Muslims and that, they would be Abba, uh, not like an Abba, like her, uh, to monks and that. But the reality is when Jesus said, call no man father, he meant the guy that had was sexually intimate with your mother and begot you. That's not your dad. So when I do a baptism, and I've done them for 32 years, soon to be, 33 years, holy cow. When I do a baptism, then 
I would love, I used to love to just sit there and say, now we all know that Joe is not the father of this child. And everybody goes, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And then I'd say, after I get everybody's attention and the poor woman sitting there red-faced, I'd say, who's the father of this child? God. Joseph here is like St. Joseph. He's the instrument of God, of fatherhood. He's the sacrament of God, if you will, of fatherhood. But the true father of this child is God. So I always say, so what do you call when, like, like I've had this throughout the years, like once I went to the hospital in the area and they said, what's your name? I said, Father Larry Richards. And he goes, it is no father. No way, father. Call no man father. The guy yelled at me. He was fired. But anyway, because he was the, uh, um, he was the guard. And so he's fighting with me. And I said, sir, what do you call your dad? He goes, that's different. I go, uh-uh, that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. But you see how we take, uh, something again let's go back Jesus spoke in Aramaic the first scripture the New Testament came out in Greek so now you have a translation from the Aramaic into the Greek so there's always something lost there but again the Holy Spirit's part of this so we just, I'm just follow me so then it was later translated by Saint Jerome to the Vulgate and the Vulgate was the language of the people and the language of the people then was Latin that was the, what the people spoke. So he wanted the scriptures, since they didn't know Greek, he said, let's put it into the Vulgate, the people's language, and let's put it into Latin. So now Jesus spoke in Aramaic. It's now translated in the Bible in Greek, and now it's translated into the Latin. Hmm, so translation of a translation of a translation. Then, of course, later on, the Protestants come and they want to make it into English. Why? Because most people spoke English, especially in England, so they had the King James Version. And now you have a translation of a translation of a translation of a translation. And now we have all kinds. I go to Bible Hub almost every day when I do my tweets, and you'll find, oh, at least 20 or 30 different translations there. And every translation takes another... Uh, sometimes gives a different tweak on that. Why? Because of the original Greek. But why from the original Greek, uh, Jesus spoke Aramaic. So you got to watch when we say, like I woke up this morning in my head, like something I used to say all the time. And it was a mantra all morning for me. And it was just like, uh, God said it, I believe it, that's the end of it. God said it, I believe it, that's the end of it. Or no, it was God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And I remember uh, arguing with one of my theology teachers in uh, college seminary, and I said that exact quote, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And he says, you just don't know what you're talking about. It's a simplistic view. And I go, it is not a simplistic view, but it is. Why? Because I'm looking at a translation of a translation of a translation of a translation, and I'm interpreting it in my own, from my own perspective, like I always say, we do everything from our own, uh, our own echo chamber, our own how we want to deal with things. We, everybody does it. We all do it. I do it. You do it. We all do it. But we got to know that truth is always more. So if you really want to know, then you got to go all the way back to the Greek and what would that be translated from, from the Aramaic? How would that look? What did he mean? Let's put it in the context. You got to go back into that reality before you can get to know what it means today. Now, at the same time, God's going to still speak a personal word to you today. So uh, like this morning when I went to the scriptures, it uh, came to the end of Philemon on my own private thing when I got up at 355 and it says, uh, refresh my heart in Christ. Now he was talking to Philemon 
about receiving a, uh, a slave as a brother. So that's what it meant back then. So I have to keep that in context. That's what the thing means for the world right there. But this morning, it was God saying to me, Larry, refresh my heart. I want you today to refresh my heart. So today, spend your day, Larry, on pleasing me. Okay? So there, I can't take what it means for me, though, what God said to me and say, well, this is what it means for the world. Huh? And so that's what we do often, but we have to always go more. So again, hopefully that helps. I'm going longer than normal for each question. I have no idea. Anyway, so hopefully that helps. Okay, Chris Walker. Hi, Chris. Hi, Father Larry. Hope you're staying sober on this St. Patrick's Day. Then you listen to my reading today. You did get that, right? The rest of everybody, for those of you who didn't watch my homily yet, I know you're uh, I know you're going to watch it. But anyway, the, the, uh, the scriptures today was so fun when it sat there, and uh, which I have never done the St. Joseph, uh, you know, I mean the St. Patrick's Day thing before. St. Patrick readings for Mass. And I just want to go back to this today because it's not in my... Uh, this is, the, this is the reading the church puts out for the feast of St. Patrick. Beloved, be serious and sober-minded <laughs> that you will be able to pray. Now, it begins with 7b. Right before that, it says, the end is near, so be serious and ser- uh, sober-minded. But isn't that funny? I never saw that all these years as a priest. And so the day of St. Patrick where everybody's getting drunk, uh, the church tells us to be sober, sober, sober. And uh, I'm sure it's not the Catholics that are drinking anyway. <laughs> so anyway, sorry about that. I hope you're able to rest and get some peace this uh, uh, week. By God's grace, I took Thursday off. I'm still, uh, I'm still not right is the, the best way I can say there. I'm almost in like shutdown mode. You know, uh, people give me stuff and get all this stuff and I just put it in piles I just uh, still have, I haven't got through all the, the condolence cards and sympathy cards. I haven't had a, you know, and like literally that big of pile of stuff. And so those of you who sent me stuff and that, thank you very, very much. It's going to take me a while uh, if I ever get to say thank you to everybody individually. But it's been overwhelming. Um, but it's also been very good for all the, for the people that... Uh, it's been very helpful, but I'm still in, uh, I was sitting there saying like uh, to someone, I need to process and I need to grieve and I need to breathe. And I haven't done any of that. Like I haven't uh, cried yet about my mother. I'm still in uh, like almost denial. You know, I'm. Uh, it's almost like, if I let myself go there, it's just going to be bad. And I know, please don't say, Father, just let it go. I know. But it's going to have to be a time when God uh, allows me to, and I don't have a thousand things going on. And, uh, you know, Lent's, uh, by God's grace, I only have one other mission and talk this Lent, which is very rare. Uh, but because of COVID and all this different stuff, and, um, I guess I do have, but that's in May in Ave Maria. 
I'm going down for the Eucharistic Congress con- uh, conference down there. But that's after the New Year's. I mean, after uh, Easter. So, but uh, I only have one more in, in Northampton, Pennsylvania, as my only mission the first week of April. Um, so I'm going to have a chance to process and to do all that stuff. But I'm uh, I'm not there yet. I'm still in a like Dalwitz, and I, I don't know, just kind of like there. It's going to take me time. So I appreciate everybody's prayers. Thank you very much. Robert says, Father Larry, condolences. You and your family, thank you. My mom's very much at peace. That's why, like, uh, we were talking the other day that uh, when, my, when, like, when my dogs die, there's a lot of grief. And I, what is that? Well, you're not sure about what happens to dogs, huh? You know, I have hope that, uh, that they get to go to heaven or whatever, but that's not the teaching of the church, so it's just uh, you don't know. Um, but you know that my mother, I gave her the last rite seven times. I anointed her. I gave her a plenary indulgence that she sees the face of God. So I can't grieve for that the same way the other ways because my mom's alive, you know, and she's in the very presence of God. I bury someone tomorrow. And again, as I went to anoint him uh, on his deathbed, I says, uh, they said, oh, he's unconscious. And I walked in and he, he woke up. And I says, uh, I'm getting you ready. You know, I buried my mother yesterday and you're going to get to see her soon. I'm, I'm jealous. And he, oh, like, I was just so uh, touched because as he lays there, he says, my condolences, Father even as he was dying he was uh, more concerned about me what a guy and so I got him all ready to see the face of the father and now he sees the face of the father so there's uh, there's such hope and joy and that these people are alive and so it's uh, it's we who still have to go through and we'll start missing them and uh, but part of it my mother was so uh, so bad at the end but she didn't know what was going on and all that stuff. And I never, I used to tell my mother, Mom, you can't outlive your mind. And she says, well, I have nothing to say about that. huh?" Uh, I says, well, God got you. You know, it got me like the, a little bit the other day when, uh, you know, the weather's getting nice. My mother used to, she hated winter. And she always said these, I can't wait till summer, Larry. And I says, I know. And so now... Uh, but she gets an eternal summer in heaven. Isn't that the greatest thing? So that's the thing. So, but thank you for all your prayers. Okay, Julie. Hi, Julie. How's the pagan Paul? Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Father. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You, Diana, and your families are still in our prayers. Thank you. And I got your box uh, of all the goodies in that uh, from San Diego. And so did Diane. They were uh, phenomenal. I think uh, I ate everything in the same day because I... I'm back on my diet because in the last two months I went in October, I was 173 pounds. And, uh, as of last Sunday, I was 196 pounds. <laughs> so it was like, Holy cow, we're 20 some pounds. Uh, with all that stress, you know? So, uh, just on, uh, uh, Monday or Sunday, I started back on my fasting and my 18 hours uh, fasting and no carbs, except for fruit, uh, but my sugar still isn't down, so I have to, I'm going to have to get rid of the, the fruit here until my sugar gets back down. And when I say my sugar back down, my sugar high is like if I, when I 
uh, wake up in the morning, it's 169. Uh, so it's not outrageous, but it's high for me. I gotta, I gotta get it down. I usually keep it into the eighties. Um, but I just have to work off three months of stress and that now and all that stuff. So, but thank you. It's fantastic. Call your husband a pagan for me, if you would. Thank you. Okay. I'm Irish from being a Notre Dame alumni. Yeah, me too. Uh, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Good afternoon from Fort Mill, South Carolina. Uh, can we look at upgrading to a T1 for streaming? Spectrum appears to be getting worse. Uh, again, uh, we're working on that right now. Spectrum gets bad on um, Mondays for whatever reason because everybody's doing whatever. So we are looking to upgrade the whole thing to uh, whatever the next thing is on another company. We have to also get phones and and we're working on it. So they came to me the other day. Yes, we're working on it. So thanks, Bruce. Cameron, look at how the Old Testament patriarchs turned out. That's why Jesus helps us understand that one wife is enough trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying a word. I ain't saying anything about that. There you go. Anyway, so sorry about your mom. Thank you. Um, does my prayer for forgiveness for someone who is dying count with God if the person doesn't think to ask for forgiveness for himself? That's why... To me, you know, Jesus, and again, it's an apparition. You don't have to believe this. But, you know, uh, to Sister Faustina, the divine mercy apparitions, where Jesus comes and says, his mercy will not be denied to anyone. And so, like every day, I, I knelt next to my mother. I sat next to my mother, depending on the day, and I would just pray the divine mercy, and I'd put her name in there. So I'd say, because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on my mother and on the whole world. Because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on my mother and on the whole world. Um, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son in atonement for my mother's sins and those of the whole world. Remember, it was other people's faith who brought healing to people. So our faith can do it. God will not go against their own um, free will free will is the great the second greatest gift god gave us the first gift he gave us was existence according to thomas aquinas but the second gift he gave us was free will so um god will still give them what they want but you can truly truly open their soul to receive mercy if that's what they want and one of the things uh, again uh, i heard from sister faustina i think uh, oh, i read this years ago i haven't been able to find it though is the problem but uh, Jesus said to her, apparently, that when a person dies, Jesus goes to that soul and three times begs that soul to receive his mercy. And they have to deny his mercy three times before he sends them to hell. Which to me is one of the greatest things ever, if that's true. Again, not teaching of the church, of course not. It's just like all the things... Um, when it comes to apparitions, there are many, 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 many things out there. Again, we go back to Fatima, and at Fatima, our lady shows the three children hell, and she tells us to say, which I pray every day at the rosary, of course, oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of your mercy. And again, she says people go to hell like snowflakes in a snowstorm. And because of that one line from Fatima, I've always preached strong. 
because I always have been afraid that we're blinking here. I've always been afraid <laughs> that, um, let me just turn this off for a second. It's going to drive me insane. We'll just be in the darkness here for a while. Uh, that's why I've always, because I'm afraid that I, if I don't preach strongly enough and somebody goes to hell because I was too easy, that'd be the last thing I'd want. I'll do anything in my power and by God's grace to get everybody to heaven. That's why I preach strongly. And that's why, like, especially during daily masses, I'm a little bit stronger because now people are really trying to grow in holiness. So it's always about, you just got to watch. I have no idea. I just turned it back on. It went blinking again. So they're trying to fix it. Remember, it happened a couple of weeks ago. So I think we need a new one or we need to do something. But what are you going to do? So I want to make sure that as I'm preaching, that I'm preaching uh, strongly to get people to heaven. If it goes off again, I'm just going to turn it off. So anyway, to get people to heaven, because that's, that's all that matters. That's all Jesus wants. And I just want what Jesus wants, right? Again, it comes back to what does Jesus say? Jesus says, uh, I want all people to, uh, through Paul, I want all, God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. The will of God is for all people to be saved, even Putin. Think about it. I've been praying for his death. I don't know about you. And I don't think you're allowed to do that. But because he's killing all these people, and I, in my holy hour, I say, God, do you, you, of course you see what this man is doing. Of course you're seeing all the people that are crying out to you, begging you for help. Just take him out. And then I'm saying, well, I know you love him. I know you want him to be saved too. I know that, God. And I know you gave him free will. But please, God, you got to get rid of him. You got to stop it. You just got to stop this man from killing people. God's will is so far beyond us. You know, God sees everything from eternity. And so I see everything from here, and so do you. And so when I start telling God what he should do, God just looks at me and says, I got this. And I says, well, I don't see how it's going so well, Lord. And he says, you trust me and shut up. So I'm trusting him, I'm shutting up, but I'm praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. A lot of people dying because of one man. Mm. Anyway, uh, we want God wants all people to be saved and come to knowledge of His truth. So that's the reality. So that's be my will too. Anyway, we go here to the intern uh, to the questions on the internet. Came in uh, email. I'm having an issue with a Protestant who says faith alone and repentance are what is needed to be saved. I said free will allows us to be conscious, make conscious choice to accept and live according to God's grace. Simply saying, I am saved doesn't make it so, so I have faith in works. He didn't like that and said, I am wrong. Well, this has been the fight between Catholics and Protestants for literally centuries. <laughs> you know, And we just love to continue to debate. I mean, there's apologists, Catholic answers, that uh, that's what they live for. That's what they exist for, is to, to teach people the faith and teach people how to uh, debate and argue uh, intellectually with grace. Um, but it's amazing. We, we don't ever change anybody's minds. We just fight back and forth. 
when I always come to hear that free will, of course, is what we need to be saved. But when I surrender my will to God, uh, he's going to take that and he's going to save me by grace. We all believe, Catholics and Protestants, that we're saved by grace, period. It's what God has done for us, not what we do for him. But we have to prove that we're saved by grace by the way we live. And that's where it comes to faith and works. Now, nowhere in the Bible does it say faith alone. Luther added alone, but no, it's not in the Bible. It doesn't exist. It's by faith we are saved, but it doesn't say faith alone. But St. James gives the thing that it's by faith and works, or it's, he says it's by works. So now you have two different fightings. And again, we all approach this differently, and we all come, whether you're a Catholic or a Protestant, and put our own bent on it. But what I do is I just go back to what Jesus said. Again, because he's the judge of the living and the dead, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ gives us the answers to the final exam in Matthew 25, as I've talked about many times. And nowhere does it talk about faith in Matthew 25, right? I was hungry and he gave me food. I was thirsty and gave me drink. Come, inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. Or get out of my sight, you condemned into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Because I was hungry and he gave me no food. I was thirsty and he gave me no drink. Uh, the just will go to eternal life and the unjust to e uh, eternal punishment. So Jesus talks about we're saved by works, if you will. Now, contradiction from what Paul says. Now, how do we bring all this together? And the churches then, uh, we've debated it and argued it and gone back and forth and Protestants came out with one thing, Catholics came out with another. And then to prove our points, we all focus on that. A lot of times Catholics just want to focus on works and that can be a heresy, Pelagianism, I'll say by what I do. And uh, Protestants just go, but it's only faith. It doesn't matter what you do. And again, that's just a lie. It's calling Jesus a liar. It doesn't matter what we do um so it's both eaten that's not either or it's both and that we're saved entirely by the grace of god but we accept that grace by believing and by working but it's all what jesus did it's how we receive it hopefully that helps okay sorry let's go on here happy birthday in advance thank you margaret uh, Michael Henson, the Pope is the vicar of Christ. Show love for him. Very good. So one of my uh, spiritual directees today was down in uh, Washington or, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, he brought me back a cup. It says, I love Pope, I love Pope uh, Papa Francis. And I says, oh, what a nice guy. He was a very nice guy. He's going to be a great saint one day. Anyway, so yes. Um, what do you do about... Uh, Fatima instilling fear. Ask God to uh, transform the fear into love. Hmm. Again, as I've told you all a thousand times, I'm not afraid of damnation. I deserve damnation. Of course I do. But I trust in this God who left heaven, died on the cross for Father Larry Richard's sins and for your sins. And as long as I keep surrendering my life to him, keep repenting, keep uh, desiring to only fulfill his will, I don't have to be afraid. So that's the point. We don't have to be afraid. The only way you have to be afraid is if you're, um, like if you're sinning and you're not going to repent of your sin, then I'd be afraid. But if you're truly trying to seek God's will, 
You don't have to be afraid. It's what he does. And you're, you're living it, meaning you're, the works, and you're believing it, what Jesus did. So hopefully that helps. Okay. I've always felt that the way I... I've always felt that way, but I thought I was being crazy. Yeah, me too. Father Larry, greetings from Illinois. Please expound on sin of Acadia, the noonday devil. Thank you. The sin of Acadia or Acadia um, is the sin of sloth. It's the sin, and it's more than just being lazy. It's the sin of being spiritually lazy about not uh, doing what you need to do for salvation. Again, grace is given to you, and you need to do it. Again, the, the best way I explain that is if, you're, uh, if you have a natural ability, and this isn't grace, it's just a natural ability to be a good football player, a basketball player, you need to practice. Practice, 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 or you're not going to develop those things that's going to take you to win the Super Bowl championship. That's why all these great players have to practice, practice, practice every day. They got to eat right. They got to do all these things if they're going to win. And Paul says, you know, uh, do th- uh, run as to win. You know, athletes deny themselves all kinds of things, but we work for a uh, crown which is imperishable. So again, so we're always have to be working on our salvation. What I'm saying on working on salvation, again, as I said to one of my spirits directees, it's a forgetting about self, not to focus on self. And so I said to the guy this morning, I said, so there was once a, a millionaire who was on TV and he says, I want to be a saint. And he goes, I just don't want to be any saint. I want to be a great saint. And I go, you just lost it all. Because it's all about you being a great saint. And so I just want to do God's will. And so when you sit there and you focus on God, I want your will, that should be, we should have a life of integrated. We should have integrated life. And there should be one purpose in our life is to do God's will. Well, what is God's will? Um, Saint, uh, um, the patron of parish priest said, this is the glorious uh, thing of man that we should pray and that we should love. That we pray that we have great prayer that prayer is uh, more important than breathing, and that's why I keep telling people they don't buy it, but it got to be more important than breathing. And then you love. You know, just give away your life for others. That's what we got to do. And so if we're working on that, then we don't have the noonday devil. But if we're it's like, oh, no, it's like, I'm saved no matter what I do. It's okay. Well, that's spiritual laziness. Okay. Uh, here we go. Our Father says, lead us not, the Our Father says, lead us not into temptation. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Is the Pope changing these words because God wouldn't lead us into the, uh, to evil? <laughs> the Pope isn't changing the words. Again, we're talking about Jesus spoke in Aramaic. It was later translated into the Greek. It was later translated into the Latin. And then we got it translated into English. So, uh, James says clear that God cannot lead us in. God does not tempt us. And so uh, that's always been the thing. So what we're really asking for is God protect us from temptation. Um, but the way, we, the way it's been translated, but the Pope isn't changing this. So everybody get over this. You know, he suggested that it's a bad translation when it comes to the English. And again, I just read an article the other day that they, they said, the Pope is wrong, and he went through all this. 
And again, I just shook my head. Do you really believe God's going to lead you into temptation? You're asking God to protect you from temptation, right? Remember, again, I said on Sunday or something, it's like, uh, get thee behind me, Satan, and push. You know, so like, you know, we go against the devil and God goes against the devil. So when uh, the spirit led Jesus into temptation, it was to defeat the devil. Uh, and we can do that. So that's the only thing if God was going to lead us, it'd be to defeat evil. But God really wants to protect us from evil. And that's the point there. Anyway, let's continue. So again, he just, he, just, he just put the question out. I don't know if that's a good translation. And so everybody goes crazy. Now the Pope's going to change the, uh, the Our Father. No, please. Isn't it interesting how we and the Protestants have two different Our Fathers? But we all claim to follow the same God, but we say it very differently. Also, have you ever noticed the Ten Commandments are different for Protestants than they are for Catholics? Just a thought. Okay. Da, 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 da. Our pastor replaced our reconciliation with an old confession booth. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> whatever he wants. You know, sometimes nowadays it's better to have the, the, the thing there, uh, the wall there or the screen there to keep uh, uh, priests safe from accusations because we can get, if we're accused, we can't even say anything because it happened in a confessional. Oh, jeez. So uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a safe way to go. And during COVID, you know, I made everybody go behind the screen, which they didn't care for, but I just thought it was better for everybody. Uh, but so who knows? But yeah, I always like to give people the options, usually. Like when I do a novena, I have to do it, not a novena, when I do a parish mission, I do it out in front of everybody because, uh, again, if I'm accused of anything, uh, I'm done with all priesthood. So uh, I keep all that up right out front so no one can accuse me of anything. Okay, if praying a novena with a time devotion, can you double up saying a novena to shorten the time? Do not look at any kind of prayer as superstition. Just pray. If you don't get a full nine days in, you can get nine prayers in. Just trust the Father. Don't, it's not magic. Like If I do these nine prayers and God's going to give me what I want, that's making God jump through your hoop. Don't do that. Just say, God, I want what you want. And this is what I've been praying for. So if it's on, if it's in your will, God, it's always, every time you pray, novena or anything, as long as it's in your will, because I want your will more than I want my next breath. Okay. Shalom, Father. Mary was there from the first moment Jesus came into the world and at his last breath. And when he ascended into heaven, what happened to Mary after that? Well, First of all, we know that Mary uh, prayed with the apostles. It says in the Acts of the Apostles, when uh, they, they were in the upper room praying for the Holy Spirit, Mary was with them. If you come to my church ever, you'll see up on the, the, the side wall, there's a, Mary's in the center and all the apostles are praying. The Holy Spirit comes upon all of them. And then later on, it was uh, said that uh, John took her into his care. And uh, there's two places in the world, it says, is where she lived. Um, and then some people believe she died. John Paul II said she died. Other people said she fell asleep because she didn't have uh, mortal sin, so she wouldn't die. And my only thing with that was that Jesus, who was God, died on the cross, so why wouldn't his mother also die if that's part of what it is to be human? But they call it the falling asleep of Mary. So uh, 
you know, the tradition goes back and forth all the way back. So there's a lot of different tradition there. Okay. Harry says, my King James Bible is on the table in front of me. If the King James Version is good enough for St. Peter and St. Paul, it's good enough for me. (laughs) It wasn't good enough for Peter and St. Paul. The King James Version didn't come out until King James in England. Remember? So it's only been out however long ago that was. Uh, The the oldest one, you'd have to go back to the uh, Greek uh, but anyway, I don't know if you're kidding or not there, Harry. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it wasn't good for Peter and Paul because, first of all, Saints Peter and St. Paul wrote the Bible. So uh, especially Paul, most of the New Testament was written by St. Paul. It's next to my NRSV. There you go. Bravo. Uh, King James went much later than the apostles. I know. I think everybody's, uh, it was an old joke. There you go. If given the opportunity, what would be your last words before you take your uh, final breath? I love you, Jesus. Do, 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 do. The blinking is a sign from your mom. She made us us laugh. There you go. Sister Faustina sending a message. There you go. Uh, Wearing the green again. Absolutely. I have two more here, and then we got to go. My shrink is in Ireland right now. Can you imagine? He gets to spend uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. So he's over there, so I don't be able to see him for a couple weeks. And it's like, uh, like, I forget how long he's there. But there he is over there right after my mother dies. Nice shrink to leave and go to Ireland when after my mom dies. But anyway, we were listening to a previous homily of yours as a family, and you said about doing something obedience and listening to your parents. My children, nine, seven, and three, decided then to all take their plates to the sink after dinner. Good job. They rarely ever do that on their own. So thank you, LOL. Uh, we do have a question for you. Every year in January, I've noticed ordinary time always starts with the second week of ordinary time. I've always thought that there was a first week. Uh, the first week uh, begins with the baptism of Jesus. So that's the first Sunday normally. And then Monday, you'll see there is the first week of ordinary time. So the next Sunday is the second week of ordinary time. Okay, hope that helps. Last question. Why did Jesus choose Peter, James, and John as eyewitnesses to the transfiguration? It has been said that Judas thought Jesus was to be arrested only. Jesus told his disciples ahead of time that he was going to be betrayed and one of them was handed over. Did I, uh, what is right? We don't know it was in the mind of uh, Judas. Uh, again, that was, uh, if you ever go back, and we forget how radical John Paul II was when he was first ordained, first made Pope, I mean. Like he wrote, Crossing the Threshold of Hope. And I read that, and I was like, whoa. He says, in that book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, this is not Pope Francis. This is Pope John Paul II, who had great devotion to Our Lady at Fatima. He says, we know that hell exists, but we don't know if anybody's there. Did you hear that? John Paul II. Then he says, we don't even know if Judas is there. This is John Paul II, the great, the saint. And I remember reading that as a seminarian thinking, What? How can you say that Judas isn't in hell? You know, Jesus said uh, it would be better he was never born. You know, so I don't know. We just don't know uh, the, the mind of Judas and the heart of Judas. But we do know he committed suicide, so that's part of the reason. But 
Peter, James, and John, he was also took them with him. They're, I always say, his best friends. We all have best friends. Jesus did too. And so he took them with him when he was in the uh, garden. He was going to die. And he said to them and all the apostles, watch and pray that in our humanity, we all need people that are going to support us, that are going to love us, that are going to care for us, no matter what. You know, uh, I was reading somewhere, and it says, uh, someone went up to someone and says, oh, so-and-so, I'm a great fan of yours. And he says, don't be a fan, because fans are fickle. Be a friend, and they last forever. And I think that's so important, that we really are friends with people. Because, again, when people come up to me and say, oh, Father, I'm a fan, I don't, don't be a fan, don't be a fan, don't be a fan. Because the people, you know, I used to have all these people that thought I was the greatest stuff ever. And then if I say something and make some mad once, boom. I've had parishioners that I was the greatest priest ever when they came, and then I said something they didn't agree with, and boom. You know, instant rejection. They were fans. They weren't friends. We need to, that's why Jesus said, he doesn't want fans, he wants friends. In John chapter 15, he says, I call you friends. That here's the God of the universe that calls us friends. And so that's what we got to truly be with each other as friends. Please, I don't want any fans. I don't want any fans for Jesus either. Fans are fickle. We need to be in an eternal friendship. Because, again, if we're staying faithful to God, uh, then we're all going to be together forever. And so when Jesus says to us, you know, you are my friends, and that's what we can say to each other, that we'll all be together forever. Okay? So that's it for today. Thank you all for being with me in this time. Again, we only had uh, 85, 88 people that were here with us today. Most people watch this later on. Uh, again, we're lots on the, working on about uh, putting us at different times and doing different things. It's all being worked on right now, and it will come to be pretty soon. So just keep looking. Remember, I love you, and I pray for you every day. Please pray for me. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, Amen.